0: Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith, and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So, uh, I, I was really encouraged to, to see that you did a week of prayer. It's one of the things that our church was really built on. We did a, always did a week of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year, and then we did three. And they were times of, of encouragement, revelation, real breakthrough, and we saw some great things happen. So uh, what I want to do is to follow it up and talk about prayer today. I've called it uh, Things That Affect Prayer, thank you, <laughs> things that, that's what I call it, yeah, it's Things That Affect Prayer. Because when you're, whenever you're a pastor particularly, eventually, uh, sooner rather than later, somebody will say to you, why did God not answer my prayers? Anybody ever, ever, ever thought that, or everybody? pretty good here, they never think about things like that. You know, there's always something to, well, why was why was that person not healed? Why did that person die? Why, why did I not get that job? Uh, why did that relationship not work? Thing, you, know, you, you ask those questions, and, and we sometimes feel, goodness, we shouldn't really ask those questions, but they're good, they're good questions to ask, and over the years I've had to try and answer those. So what I'm going to do today is to talk a little bit about uh, things that affect prayer. Sometimes we put it down to one thing, but of course it's not only one thing. And biblically, I think we'll see that there are different variables when it comes to seeing our prayers answered. Uh, so, let's read, uh, well, let, let's, uh, let's read Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 16, that's the first one. And I, I, there's two things, before I pray, I, I personally have to establish two things, and I think every church needs to get this. Uh, Hebrews 4 says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and help. Uh, Sorry, and to find grace to help us. I can't read this here. That's because the light up here. Anyway, uh, I'll read it. I'll read it from the distance. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the first thing is this: before I pray, I need to establish this. Is there a God who can do anything about that which we talk to Him about? Is He able? And is he willing? Well, I'll come to the willing a little bit later, but is he able? In other words, do we have a God who can actually intervene on planet Earth and actually do something that we can't do ourselves? Can God move? Is he powerful enough? Is he willing enough? Do we have a God who can do that? You have to establish that in your mind. Okay. Now, having established that, said, do we, do we, we get an amen there? Uh, you know, can God do it? Well, of course he can do it. Well, you know, that, that's, that's as Christians we believe that. The second thing is this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up actually a King James version because it sounds much better. It's in James uh, chapter 5 verse 16, and it's this. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What about that? Okay. In other words, in other words the effectual, it, it actually, something happens, fervent, passionate, of a righteous person, let's put man or woman in there, of somebody who's standing right before God, actually has an effect. So you've got to establish two things. Number one, is there a God who can do anything about that which we talk to Him about? And number two, do our prayers actually make any difference? Does He just do what He wants anyway? Oh, is it just one of those things that, well, you know, we say we have to pray, but to be honest with you, it won't make any difference anyway, because God will just do whatever He wants. Well, actually, the Bible's very clear. It says this, that our prayers make a difference. In other words, John Wesley actually said this. He said, and I, I probably wouldn't go all the way with him, but he said, there's nothing that happens. God doesn't do anything except an answer to your prayers. I think that's a little bit strong. But on the other hand, C.S. Lewis said that prayer changes not God but us. In other words, in other words, actually, prayer's all about changing us. Now, I, I love C.S. Lewis and his writings, but I think he's dead wrong. I actually believe that when you and I pray, it's not just about changing us. It does change us. But it's about making a difference and, and seeing things happen. Uh, the traditional cliche is that prayer is for our sake. It's funny, we, we're, we're commanded to engage in prayer. Why? Because it's the God ordained means of impacting Him and changing our world. Jesus didn't say if you've got faith, your attitude towards mountains would change. He said the mountains would move. Prayer changes what happens in our world. Now, it's interesting, just by, by introduction, there, there's more if and then clauses in the Bible relating to prayer than anything else, and any other single human activity. In other words, God says, if you do this, I'll do that. One of the famous passages is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, there are many more. And it it says this, if you could put it up. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then he says, then I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. In other words, the Lord's saying, I want to heal and forgive you. I want to move in this land, but I'm waiting on you to humble yourself. So the two things, we establish the two things. Number one, God can do something, and number two, our prayers made a difference, and it simply means this, that every prayer you prayed last week, God heard. There was never one wasted prayer. You see, I'm still willing for the answer. That's okay. But you've got to get in your mind, I'm praying to a God who can do something about my prayers, and number two, my prayers make a difference. Now, will I get changed in the meantime? Yes, you will. But that's not the, that's not the primary purpose. Be careful. The primary purpose is that we see something happen. So when you pray for your town Porta down, or you pray for your friends who aren't Christians, you know something, God hears them, and something begins to happen. Okay, let's, so if that's the question, if that's the case, why are my prayers answered in such an arbitrary way? Sometimes you see an answer, and sometimes you don't. Okay, let's get through. Now, I, I, in the time, I didn't speak for 10 minutes there, did I? That <laughs> clock is racing on, that's ridiculous that's a scandal. I'm going to do some of them. I'll take longer than some than others, but I've got ten things, okay? Don't be panicking. All right. Number one, first of all, the obvious one is God's will. is what I'm praying about, God's will. Uh, John 14, 13 and 14 uh, says this. Uh, It's important that I read it. Jesus in the upper room ministry, and He says this. He says this. I'll never forget those words. Uh, John chapter 14. Here we are. Should have put them up on the, uh, on the overhead. Uh, it's basically, Jesus is saying, he says, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. There it is. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may, uh, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow. Now, that sounds like a carte blanche, doesn't it? Lord, I need a new BMW in Jesus' name and one appears. But of course, it's not a magic name. It's when you pray in the name of Jesus, it presupposes that it's God's will. To pray in the name of Jesus means it's his will, wait for it, and in keeping with his character and values. So that's why you don't pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, kill my enemy. Okay, so, so you've got to be really careful there. You 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 can pray about every, you can pray about anything, but this isn't a magic name. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, it presupposes that it's God's will that you're praying, and and that it's in keeping with God's values. So the two go together. Really, really important. Now, there's some things that I'm absolutely confident are God's will. For instance, First Peter uh, God, uh, it says. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to knowledge the truth. So when you pray for somebody to become a Christian, you can, you can be sure that's God's will. Uh, if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask for it, okay? So, so if you lack a bit of wisdom, you can be absolutely confident that it's God's will that you get a bit of wisdom, all right? Anybody that comes to me, I won't turn them away. So I can pray, Lord, I'm coming to you, and be confident. You know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and the Lord will lift you up. So, you know, there's a sense, there's a lot of things you can pray, but sometimes in life, there's no guidance for it. And, and honestly, sometimes you've got to take a step back and say, am I praying? Is this the will of God? Let me tell you a quick story, just to illustrate it. Years ago, I mean, like, you know, before most of you were born, uh, I was coming out of CFC one day, and a man stopped me, and he said, are, are you the minister here? What about that? And I said, yes. And he said, he said well, uh, he said, I own these four houses. They're a block of five right beside CFC. I own four of them. I want to sell the one next to you. Uh, would you be interested in buying it?" And being a canny businessman, I said, well, you know, might be." I was dead keen, but I didn't let him know that. And I said to him, how much are you looking? It shows you how long ago it was, because they're worth about a quarter of a million today. And he said, uh, 30, 37,000. And I said, well, I'll give you 35. He said, make it 36 and it's a deal. It's exactly what happened. I'm a spat in her hand. I'm <laughs> a shook hands on it, honestly. And I, went, I walked home and I said, so I said, strange happened today, dear? I said, well, yeah, actually yeah, I bought a house there for, 30, six thousand pounds. Anyway, we, we, uh, we, you know, so the plan was to change it into a counselling centre and some offices as well. And I, I, you know, I really had a plan that I would buy the whole five of them. Now, you know, today we do, we own the whole five. Okay, but that's another story. Uh, so, so uh, I, I uh, we, we went ahead. We got the, you know, we got the money. I didn't have to borrow anything. It was fantastic. And uh, and I, got, I had a mole in the planning office because we had to get planning changed. And that they said, "Oh, Paul, look, I've just heard unofficially you're not getting. We're not getting planning for this." Said so that the, the office line stops at the corner there at Hollywood Road, and it's not. They're not moving it. It's, 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 we can't do anything about it. I'm sorry, you're not getting it. This is unofficially. And I had to sign. I had the sign in three days for the for the house. So it was. It was. If I sign for this house, we've got a house. Is it, you know. So I had to ask the question. Is this God's will? Did I just have a bad day that Friday night? Or is God in this here? So we know what we did, we got down on our knees. A couple, just a couple of us in the office, and we prayed. Um, almost the peace of God came, and the Lord said, the Lord said, that, he just said this, buy that house, sign that document, sign it, sign for the house, even though you haven't got planning. And I said, I'm full of, are you sure? You know, you, know, you, you, you do that. You know, I'm full of, co- really? You know, but anyway, I went, to I signed it, and the, the, long, the, the short story is that I, I got a meeting with the chief planner of Belfast, uh, and when I went in to see him, guess what, I'd been in the same class as him at school. So I hugged him and said, I've missed you terribly, so I've really missed you. Anyway, I, the, the, good, the good news is, hey, two weeks to reverse the decision and we got the planning. So some, sometimes, but if, if the Lord had said, Paul, don't sign that, this is happening before, I was about to sign for something, I mean, mega money, and the Lord said to me, don't sign that. And, and in a room, I, it, was a, it was an incredible thing. Sometimes you have gotta go, is this God's will? Take a step back and ask that question, okay? Okay, let me, let me take the next two together, uh, but I'll mention them uh, because they're really important. And number number two is this, the faith of the person being prayed for. The faith of the person being prayed for. In Luke six five and six, Jesus goes into it, basically his home country, his hometown area. Excuse me, and it says, it says that he couldn't do any work of power there. I love it. He says, except, except heal a few sick people. That'd be a nice thing not to be able to do, wouldn't it? You know, just. To, and then it says, but he was amazed at their lack of faith. So, there was no context for relationship, but when he went into the midst, the people just saw him as a carpenter, and they had absolutely no faith in who he was or what he could do. So, there's a context here, and the Spirit of God was hindered for healing. So, even Jesus—wait for it was unable to do some things because of their lack of faith. Now, could I just say, let's be really careful here, okay? If somebody's sick and you're praying for them, never ever say to them, it's because of your lack of faith, okay? Don't do that, please. Don't ever do that, all right? But nonetheless, there is a connection between seeing something happen and the faith of the person actually uh, being prayed for. The, second, the third one is this. I could, I could talk a bit more about that, but for the sake of time, uh, the faith of the people doing the praying so there's a connection between, so the faith of the people you pray for and the, the faith of the person doing the praying, there's, there's, now remember, it's not the only variable, but when it comes to prayer, you've got to factor it in there, is this part of, is this, is there something here that's not happening because of my faith? There's a wonderful verse in Mark 2, uh, 5, and it's a story where four friends come along to bring their, their friend who's on a, a on a, a stretcher. He can't walk. To Jesus, can't get in. They, they clear the, the roof away, lower him down, and it says this, when Jesus saw their faith, okay? Now, I think he's talking about the friends and the man. But when Jesus saw their faith, okay? So it's the faith of the people doing the praying and the faith of the people who are receiving prayer. So there's something, there's a connection there in terms of prayer. The act of prayer is simple, but the mechanics are often complex. Let me tell you a story. Hopefully it'll illustrate it to you. It might, might help us uh, the way I kinda process it. I've got two uh, lifelong friends. Went to, Fran- went to France as missionaries uh, 40 years ago, still there. And uh, when they they first arrived, they went, did the language school, went to a pretty obscure town in the center of France, very few believers there, uh, just, you know, a few of them got together. And for six months, they prayed, Jesus, save France. And guess what? He didn't. And after six months, they felt the Lord say, you don't really believe that, do you? And they went, no, (laughs) no, we don't. You know, it's about praying, Lord, say, pour it down. And the, and the Lord said, well, what could you believe me for? They said, well, that we could have a conversation with our next door neighbor. He studiously avoids us and ignores us, just turns his back on us. So guess what, two days later, so they prayed, Lord, we'll have a conversation. Don't even know his name. So right, uh, my friend Alan, he's mowing the lawn. The neighbor's mowing his lawn. The neighbor's mower breaks down, can't get it fixed. Alan's an engineer, jumps over the fence, fixes the lawnmower had a conversation. Wow, prayer one answered. What could you believe God for now? Well, uh, we have got to have a meal with him and, and, uh, you know, and start to talk to him. So they said, I'll go in tomorrow night and ask him in, but now we've got the contact. Before there had a chance, the neighbor came in and said, thank you for, for mending my lawnmower. Would you come in for a, for a meal tomorrow night? Yes, number two, faith building. And number three then, they said, so what could you pray now? They would have a conversation about our faith. So they get in and they said, Lord, let's be sensitive here. Soon as they sit down, the man says, where do you go every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? <laughs> and eventually they became their first two converts in France, the man and his wife, because the level of their faith built. And it's a really important lesson actually, and it's about praying within the level of your faith. Pray within the level of your faith. For instance, if you've, if you've never seen, don't be praying for 100,000 pounds. If you've never seen 10 pounds, God do something, te- a tenner. Do, 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 do you understand what, what I'm trying to say? Pray for the tenner, okay? And what you find is you're, you're, you're and that's what, that's what we did, honestly. We well, you know, I got the 36,000 in, and then eventually got 100,000 in. In fact, on one occasion, there's no word of a lie, what we, were praying, we needed a real breakthrough. And one man came up after me and said, Paul, I, I, I've just something's just happened. I need to give you some money. And I said, "How much?" he said, 250,000 pounds, and he gave it to me. Okay, but but I didn't. I I had no faith. If if it asked me twenty years before that to start there, I couldn't have done it. Start with the tenor. Now here's the point. You know, don't pray for Portadown to be saved until you actually have courage to pray for and share your faith with your friend. Don't make any sense. What have you got faith for? What have you got faith for? Okay, number four, let's move on, persistence in prayer. It's, a, it's a quite a long story, but it's quite complex because Jesus talks about a woman who, it says that uh, she's seeking justice from the judge in her town. Obviously, something going on. And the judge, he ignores her. And then it says that she kept Adam, and Adam, and Adam. And eventually, eventually, she, uh, the judge says, goodness, I better do what this woman wants, because she'll keep nagging me until I get it. And it says this, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or cry, what people think, yet because he, this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so she won't eventually come and attack me. And the next page, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Uh, so, what, what's the point? The point is, first of all, the parable is not a story about the character of God. God is not the unjust judge, all right? You know, he's not, he, he's not going, it's not God. The parable is about a woman who doesn't give up, all right. So there's a connection between persistence and prayer and keeping on going and not giving up. Uh, And so, on the physical realm, some things are harder than others. It's like carrying a heavy object, so it is in prayer. Some things are easy. You pray, and God does them. Other things, you actually need to keep on going and not give up. There are no shortcuts, and so you find that. Now we're not twisting God's arm, but we're cooperating with God to to see done what He wants to do. What do we do? We knock and keep on knocking. We ask and keep on asking. We seek and keep on seeking. And it's a really important principle. I've got a, a condition uh, uh, called baldness. No, I've got a condition called uh, <laughs> called uh, AF, atrial fibrillation. Any medical people here? Any nurses, etc.? You'll know. Got a, I've got AF, okay. And um, uh, so about 15 years, you know, on the meds, blood thinners, everything. But you know something? Uh, it, it, it just for some people it it comes and goes, and mine was. But mine didn't come, you know, every three weeks. Mine came every two days, and I had it for a day. And so, my life, to be honest with you, in the last number of years was absolutely terrible. Uh, And I I mean, you know, relatively speaking, it's fine, but it just left me completely drained. And I was beginning to wonder, could could I keep on doing what I was doing? But you know, something I felt the Lord say to me, You keep going, son. You keep praying. Every meeting I would go to, it didn't matter if it was preaching or not preaching, I'd go up to the front and say, Would you pray for me? I just kept on praying and praying. Every day I'd pray. Some days I didn't have a lot of faith. Some days I'd go, oh, Lord, could I could have another 12 hours where it's not off? You know, I mean, a pretty low-level grade. But I'd pray within my faith, and then I would pray, Lord, you're going, I, I'm just gonna keep on going here. I'll never forget it, first Sunday in June uh, 2016, I was in Aberdeen, and Priscilla wasn't with me, it's my wife, and I was preaching a Saturday night, three times Sunday, and just before the first meeting on Saturday night, my heart went off. It's got into irregular. Honestly, I had the worst night I think I'd ever had with it in my life. It was awful, I didn't sleep, the sweat lashing off my. I had to get up in the morning and preach. I, had a, I was able to preach, but I sat on a chair, which is, you know, pretty corny, you know. And, uh, and after the second meeting, I felt the Lord say to me, pray for the sick today. I said, oh yeah, right. You know, the, you know, the, the healing meeting is canceled due to the illness of the speaker. You know, it's one, <laughs> one of those ones. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. And so, so but, um, I I, I said, okay, Lord, I'll I'll do that. So, so you know, we pray. And a man came up to me I'd never met before, put his hand on my heart. He said, could I pray for you? And I said, sure you can. And he put his hand on my heart and instantly, now, my heart went back into rhythm again. In other words, so, so some people, most people's heart, normal people go like that. If you've got AF, it goes, it flutters, okay? It goes up and down or flutters like that. Okay, so and, and, and lots of people have it. Okay, but for me it was particularly. I mean, I had an operation and all the rest of it over it. And uh, as soon as he, he touched me and prayed, it went back into rhythm again, and uh, which which it, it self regulates. So that 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 wasn't you know, it was a, it was a nice thing to happen. Not a, not the not the thing that really anyway. And so I. Um, I phoned Priscilla in the afternoon, and I said to her, told her what happened. She said, okay, that sounds great. And I said, but something different happened today. And she said, well, what do you mean? She said, I don't know, It just did. And you know something? From June, the first Sunday in June 2016, I've never had another uh, episode, ever. Now you say, well, seriously? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. She <laughs> said, well, you know, I kept 15 years of prayer about that. but I say they don't give up. Don't get up, keep on going. Okay, we're only at number five. Oh, great. Right. I could I can <laughs> back and do a two part. I could finish it tonight if you like. No, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly put, go through them because I know we've, we've got things to do. Um, uh, number five. This, uh, if you could move on, there you go. Sin in your life, or in the life of the person being prayed for. Psalm 66, verse 18: "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me." Now, please, you know, uh, you don't. It, it do, this doesn't mean that you have to be perfect before you pray, because none of us are. All right. It, it, what it means is this: If I regard in, in other words, if there's a big issue in my, if there's a big issue going on in my life that I am unwilling to either repent or confess, then it's a problem. In fact, I love it, 1 Peter 3, 7 says this, husbands can have their prayers hindered if they treat their wives without respect. If you're with your husband today, would you just give him a big nudge in the ribs there, okay? Yeah, just to remind him, okay? Treat your wife with respect, gentlemen, why? Why, because it's the right thing to do, but number two, what are the consequences? It hinders your prayers. So, so what I'm saying is this, sometimes there are issues, unforgiveness, bitterness, major anger issues, major sin issues that, that can be a hindrance to actually see something happen in your life. And, and in terms of healing, it can be psychosomatic. You know, there are some things that affect you emotionally and psychologically, as well as physiologically. Number six, the number of people praying. It's a, it's a different, you know, what you find is uh, chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians 1-11, a passage where Peter talks a little bit, or not Peter, Paul, uh, talks about his, he'd having a really difficult time. And it's like we despaired of life itself. <laughs> you know, he, said, he said, then he said this, but these things happen that we might not rely on ourselves but on the God who raises the dead. And then he says, the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord has delivered us, will deliver us, and will continue to deliver us as we are helped by the prayers of many. And there's sometimes, you know, when things are really serious. What do you do? You get the church together to pray, don't you? You phone your friends. you say, you need to pray about this. All the things you just pray yourself. So there's a, there's a dynamic there of the number of people who can have an effect. It's a variable when it comes to prayer. Number seven, uh, the uh, human free will, 2 Peter 3, 9, God isn't willing that any should perish, but all should have come to a knowledge of the truth. And, and again, you know, we, we've had seasons of prayer in CFC, uh, probably about um, t- mid-90s, we, we, did a, a, we did a year of prayer at six o'clock. I said, at the end of it, I said to Priscilla, if I ever suggest doing that again, would you lock me in a darkened room? Don't let me out again. <laughs> Changed our lifestyle. But all we did was six o'clock to seven, we prayed for people by name who weren't Christians. And I was, talk- I was talking to a lady the other day, Hilary McVitie, who went to most of those in that year. And she said to me, Paul, every single person I prayed for by name in that year has come to know Christ. So, some, but, but you can't override people's free will. Okay. We're we're not Calvinists here. Maybe a few, but I'm not. <laughs> and in other words, you know, I believe that God sus- God initiates salvation, He sustains it, and He completes it. But there's always the possibility that someone can resist the freely given and offered grace of God, okay? You can't over, you can't over. So when you're praying for somebody, at the end of the day, they get to make that decision, okay? I could talk to you a little bit. What I, what I found is that the more I pray, it, it, and, and I, I don't know if we could even say this biblically, but my experience, there was a golfer called Gary Player, and they used to call him Lucky. You know what he said? He said, the funny thing is, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And You know the people who see their friends and relatives come to Christ? I find the other people who pray for them the most regularly. Something something sparks off in the life. There's more, could I put, like, a Holy Spirit activity around their life. Okay, the last three, uh, the last uh, eight and nine kind of go together. Daniel, it's Daniel, I'm not trying to build a doctrine on something, but I do think it's a variable. And Daniel, Daniel is, uh, is praying for three weeks, praying and fasting for three weeks, and he hasn't seen any breakthrough. And eventually, eventually it says that an angel comes to him. Uh, you know, I can just say it happened, you know, the angel bursts through the door. Oh, thank goodness I got here. And, and that, that he, he says this to him. He says, Daniel, the first day you prayed, your prayers were heard. And then he says, he says but, but, and he says, and I'm here to help you. So there's a, there's a spirit world going on that we, know, we don't see, and I think it's a dimension of prayer that we don't honestly think about much. We, we don't really understand what it's about. And you say, well, what, what do I do about it? You just keep praying. But you keep in mind, there's a, when you start to pray for something and it requires a real breakthrough, do you know something? There's a spiritual battle going on there's a spiritual battle going on. He- uh, Hebrews 1.14 says this: "Are not all angels, ministering spirits, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? I don't know what you ever thought that that means. Are not all angels, all the angel- angelic hosts, they're ministering spirits, sent to do what? To serve us, those of us who inherit salvation? Wow. So, there's, so when you start to pray, your prayers are heard, something is initiated in the heavenlies, both, ne, both positive, and then point nine is negative, satanic resistance. The angel says, I was on my way to you, but the prince of Persia intercepted me. Now, what does that mean? People have built huge stories in that and written books on it, etc. And, and to be honest with you, I, I think they're probably pushing the boat out slightly. But what, I'm, what it means is this, there's a spiritual battle going on in the heavens to see your prayers answered. And if you don't take that into account, then you're going to miss it. I love it, 1 Thessalonians 2, it, it says, Paul wanted to come to see them, but Satan blocked his way. You kind of think, wow, if Paul the Apostle wanted to go somewhere, and it was God's will he'd make his way, he said, well, do you know, I really wanted to do that, but it was Satan who blocked my way. There's a ver- there are different variables in prayer. When you pray, there's a spiritual battle going on. And number 10, quickly moving on, timing timing. Psalm 3, Psalm 5, 3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice, in the morning I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. And so there's a question of sometimes the Lord says, yes, but not now. Yeah. Now waiting on God is not just hanging about and wishing God would get on and do what you want Him to do. That's when God, this is the time when God changes you, when nothing's happening, but you persevere. And you keep on going, and you don't give up, and you pray with faith, and you say, Lord, I'm going to make sure my life's clear, there's nothing here that's going to hinder it, and, and you keep on going. And what, and what happens? Sometimes you just have to wait. But these can be great times when God changes you. So those are the 10, and my time's up, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish, okay? It's, I, I could, there's a lot more I could say there, and I, I skipped skip through. But my res- the response time is simply this, two things. I'd like you to do two things. Number one, um, start praying a prayer again that you stop praying. Now, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't fail. Feel- Don't feel, oh, my goodness, uh, I'm digging something up. But if there's something you want, I give up on that, but actually I'm going to pray again. The Lord says don't give up. Keep on praying. Maybe you've been praying for a loved one, a friend, a relative, or or some maybe long-term healing thing, breakthrough relationship. You stop praying. Start praying again. And number two, pray a prayer you've never prayed before. Pray a prayer you've never prayed before. And it might be, it might be the prayer where you say, Jesus, would you come into my life and be Lord of my life? Thank you for dying for me. Maybe you said that as a child and it's gone. You know, you think, goodness. But, you know, maybe, maybe for the first time you want to say this morning, Jesus, I don't know everything about this, but I know this, that you love me and died for me. And I want to invite you into my life. Can you say that with confidence? Can you be confident that God will answer you? You're, You're right. That's one of the ones that's God's will. And it might be that you'll say that prayer today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariachurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Aria Church Podcast.